Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for insightful analysis and enlightening discussions. Hello, I'm Michael Bull. Thanks for being with us today on one of the 40 radio stations, YouTube, iTunes, or the show website, CREshow.com. Today, we're going to talk about crowdfunding for investors and sponsors. You know, crowdfunding has become a very popular way for sponsors of real estate investments and developments to raise capital. It's also been popular for investors to be able to go online and invest in commercial real estate deals. Please welcome my first guest, Doug Elinoff. He's partner with Elinoff, Grossman, and Scholl. Doug, thanks for joining us today. We appreciate you being on the show. Hello, Michael. Greatly appreciate it. I appreciate the invitation to come and speak to your audience. Well, thank you. And I've, I've heard you at events. I've interviewed you before. Our listeners are in for a treat related to um, crowdfunding. And you do a lot of crowdfunding work in your law practice, right? We do. Um, the law firm is over 20 years old, and we have a variety of different areas of practice, including real estate and a lot of securities work and litigation, and it is through our exposure to securities that we first learned about the JOBS Act and crowdfunding three years ago. And with the securities lawyers and the real estate lawyers in the firm, we've devoted a lot of time and attention to real estate crowdfunding during that same three-year period, even though the firm dates back much longer than that. Okay. And to get us started, tell us briefly about the JOBS Act and how sponsors were able to begin advertising to attract accredited investors. Well, the JOBS Act has a variety of different components, Michael. But the areas of the JOBS Act that your audience would be most interested in are really what provisions are referred to as Title II and Title III crowdfunding. And Title III, I'll just mention quickly, because it may become important to your audience later on this year, uh, and that involves the investing in all uh, activities, including real estate, for both accredited investors, those people of greater means, and unaccredited investors, those people uh, that uh, don't have $200,000 of income a year or a million dollars of net worth. And that Title III program, which is really what we refer to as crowdfunding because it's the broadest group of people who can participate, is the genesis of a lot of the thinking that went into the JOBS Act, even though that provision remains subject to the Securities and Exchange Commission uh, enabling their proposed rules, which just hasn't happened yet. Uh, With that as the backdrop, uh, what is happening and has been happening since September 23rd of 2013 are the Title II provisions, which also affects the real estate market and allows a sponsor of a real estate campaign or project to raise money through what we call general solicitation, as you pointed out, which permits a sponsor, a real estate developer, to generally solicit and market their proposed project uh, online or offline whereas in Title III, uh, it has to be done through a funding platform, a technology website. Uh, Title II doesn't require that it be done through a funding platform, although what I spend most of my time, as you mentioned earlier, is working with the crowdfunding portal community, which is the technology solution that enables real estate developers and sponsors to raise money for their projects. Uh, and that's only from accredited investors, again, people of greater means. 
Okay. So before the Jobs Act, uh, sponsors of real estate transactions uh, looking for investors couldn't just advertise in newspapers and they couldn't do websites. But but at this point, now they can. And uh, if they're to accredited investors, is that right? But there may be a change soon that allow them to advertise and, and bring in investors who are non-accredited? Uh, correct. Uh, the presumption under the U.S. securities laws as of 1933 is if you want to raise money from the public at large and do a general marketing campaign, you have to register those securities with the Securities and Exchange Commission. There are exemptions, and it's those exemptions that uh, the crowdfunding provisions fall into. And Title II, which is a, an enabling statute that permits real estate folks to raise money privately, although a little bit, bit strangely, with public general solicitation. So it's a private placement, the way real estate professionals have been doing for years, uh, Reg D offerings, friends and family finance. Now they'll be able to do the same sort of capital raise, but the only requirement is that the money that they raise only be from accredited investors. And not only that they be accredited investors, uh, the developer or the real estate professional has to take reasonable steps to verify that those investors are actually accredited investors, unlike what's been going on for the last 80 years where you just ask the individual investor for reps and warranties that they're accredited. That will not be sufficient in Title II if you want to take advantage of the general solicitation uh, provisions now. You actually have to take reasonable steps to verify their accreditation. Now, are you, are you suggesting that possibly in the future that that's going to change, that you'll be able to, to raise capital from non-accredited investors? Yes. When Title III becomes available, uh, any real estate developer can raise up to a million dollars or real estate sponsor uh, through a crowdfunding platform. And they can do a general solicitation of sorts that has other rules that aren't implicated by Title II. Uh, but it's only million-dollar financing, and it's from both accredited and unaccredited investors, but it has to be done through a funding platform. And that funding platform, which acts like a mini broker-dealer, has a lot of responsibilities on information requirements, educating the investors, and the limits how much money an individual investor can put into any one deal, as well as, and this is the unfortunate part for the real estate industry, is the real estate individual who's looking to raise money can only raise money one time in that one year period and the way the rules work is that it limits you so you can't do multiple different raises to multiple different entities so a million dollars may not be uh, ideal for real estate folks uh, right. in title three right so for commercial real estate it's probably limited more to credit investors because most deals are going to be over a million right Correct. Okay. Correct. And, and, and the information requirements and the fees are a lot less in Title II. Right. Uh, so Title II it, it, it is what's going to be more relevant for your audience, and that's why it has taken off, as you're well aware, over the last 15 to 18 months. Yeah, and how much has it taken off, Doug? I mean, how much equity do you think has been raised through crowdfunding since 2013? Uh, Michael, it's a, it's a little hard to tell uh, is the truth because some of the numbers uh, that, that I'm seeing – have uh, are a little polluted, but the jet, I'd, I'd say somewhere between 500 million to a billion dollars has been raised in Title II campaigns by real estate folks online. Offline, it's it's multiples of that, but through online uh, funding platforms, 
It's many hundreds of millions of dollars. Uh, the websites that are best known in this industry, which I'm sure you're well aware of, uh, are Realty Mogul, Fundrise, Prodigy Network, uh, The Real Crowd, Realty Shares. There are, at last count, I saw nearly 70 real estate crowdfunding-related sites, uh, including CrowdStreet, uh, Block Shares, a whole slew of new entrants to the market as well. And it's really ramping up, isn't it, the volume that's being raised? Uh, not only are the number of deals that are uh, looking to raise money online going up, the amount of money being raised per deal seems to be increasing. The investor appetite for these deals uh, is increasing as people get more comfortable with the quality of the sites, the diligence, and the deals that are being put up. So all in all, uh, the the real estate crowdfunding portal community is very excited what with what they've seen over the last 18 months. Right. And quickly, we're right before the break here. We're going to have you back after the break. What are a couple of the benefits to sponsors of utilizing crowdfunding? The real estate industry understands syndication in, in a way that's very different than venture capital and angel investing has been done for many years. Most real estate uh, is done with some form of syndication, except at the highest levels of the largest deals. So what this allows a real estate professional to do is, A, through the technology portal, it's a much better communication device, even to those investors that they have had a historic relationship with. But it also helps facilitate relationships through social media, Facebook, Twitter, to get the word out in a more efficient way about the deals that the individual real estate sponsor has. So from a real estate sponsor's point of view, it's broadening their reach to a wider audience, doing it in a more efficient manner with standardized uh, communication tools to hopefully close deals uh, more quickly with more investors with larger sums of money. All right, stay tuned. We'll have more on crowdfunding. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you in part by your friends at Bull Realty. When your business requires proven performance, visit bullrealty.com or call 800-408-BULL. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. Thanks for being with us. Today we're talking about crowdfunding for sponsors and investors. My guest is Doug Elenoff. He's with Elenoff, Grossman, and Scholl, and he does a lot of work in the crowdfunding world. And Doug, there's various types of websites uh, that are in the crowdfunding space. Can you tell us about kind of the differences of the major types of uh, sites? Michael, of the sev- although there are the 70 different crowdfunding platforms that are in the real estate industry already. There are three primary business models that these crowdfunding platforms operate under. One is a broker-dealer model, and that's pretty straightforward. The funding platform raises money for campaigns from their investor community and takes a commission, uh, which is called transaction-based compensation, and consequently that platform has all of the duties and responsibilities that a broker-dealer has in a regulated industry, and they get the commission in exchange for uh, being a licensed professional. And that's the only model that 
allows a funding platform to get a commission. If somebody's getting a commission that is not a licensed broker-dealer with FINRA, there's a problem. But the benefit of being a broker-dealer besides getting the commission, from an investor's point of view, is also that there are responsibilities like due diligence that we'll come back to shortly. The next model is where the funding platform is, is not a broker-dealer necessarily, and they put together the investors with the uh, real estate campaign, and they put the money into a fund. And as part of being a GP, a general partner of that fund, they get performance-based compensation, which is distinctly different than transaction-based compensation, and they will participate in the performance of the underlying real estate cash flow, uh, and they will get some performance uh, compensation, whether or not it's a certain amount of money after uh, a water, after a threshold amount, uh, or they will just uh, get some money later on when the when the real estate asset is sold, and that is permissible under the performance rules, which would be an exemption to broker dealer. There are other guidelines that you have to be careful not to do if you're a funding platform if you don't want to be deemed to be a broker dealer but that is what a lot of the existing sites are doing they're matching money with deals and they're participating as a general partner and in certain cases they can also get and it may appear but it is not transaction-based compensation like a fund manager they get two and twenty and the two percent is not paid to them day one like a commission, it's paid for the ongoing advisoring and monitoring of that individual deal. Okay. Uh, and that's called an SPV model for a uh, special purpose vehicle. Uh, and the third is a posting site where the site gets paid by the real estate uh, sponsor for listing the deal on the site, and that's all they get. They don't get any, it's not a percentage of the amount of money raised, it's $500, $1,500 per listing. And those are the three different models. Okay. And of course, it's a caveat emptor, right? Buyer beware if you're investing in anything. Uh, but of these different types of sites, what type of due diligence do they do on the actual projects and on the sponsors? Uh, interestingly now, uh, notwithstanding that there are very different due diligence responsibilities of each of those three models, uh, for the most part, this new industry is trying to operate very responsibly, and so all of them tend to be doing some level of due diligence because regardless of the regulatory requirements, no funding platform is going to be in business very long if they allow bad deals to be posted to their sites. So uh, they are trying to be as careful as they can be, but I think it is fair to say, notwithstanding their good intentions, a regulated license broker-dealer has the highest regulatory responsibility to do actual due diligence. That's background checks on the real estate professionals. It's uh, doing some kind of verification of the underlying real estate asset, looking at the numbers, and a whole host, uh, maybe looking at the leases if if it's commercial property, but it's a, a fairly healthy amount of due diligence they have to do as it relates to being a broker-dealer. In the SPV model, the real estate portal is a general partner, and with that comes common law fiduciary responsibility standards for managing other people's money. Now, in some cases, the funding platform will put money into the individual deals as well, which is a good thing to see, and I would encourage 
uh, investors to look to see if the funding platform is actually putting their own money into deals, because that's always a good sign uh, for investors in any type of asset. And that then and that's then followed up by how much diligence are they doing, even if their own money is going in. And even though they're not a regular, regulated broker-dealer, you want to see that they're doing substantially the same sort of due diligence for completely different reasons as the broker-dealer. The posting site doesn't have any such due diligence responsibility by statute uh, at all, even though, as I mentioned earlier, some of them are doing it because it just makes good commercial sense. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. They're going to go out of business if uh, they're doing bad deals. They're not going to be around long. Well, what are some gotchas? What are some precautionary tips that you would give to sponsors who want to utilize crowdfunding? One of the things that we've observed in our real estate practice over the years, Michael, is that real estate professionals, sponsors, developers, don't just typically take one type of fee in a deal. They have a series of different revenue streams associated with their business model, whether or not it's real estate brokerage fees, acquisition fees, leasing fees, maintenance fees. And the securities laws are very clear that all money that can otherwise be paid to the real estate uh, sponsor or its affiliates must be disclosed in great detail so that an investor, when they're making the investment through the funding platform, uh, knows what's coming out of their investment and benefiting the real estate sponsor. Yeah, so that's a great tip. Just be very straightforward where all the money's going, right? That's certainly, uh, that's the easiest way for an investor to get unhappy and take action. What are some examples of the three types of, of sites that you talked about, crowdfunding uh, sites? What are some of the names of some to give an example of each one? Uh, the best known uh, sites so far are Fundrise, which is in Washington, D.C., and that uh, I believe they are an SPV model. Realty Mogul out in Los Angeles is an SPV model. Then there uh, is a posting site called Crowd Street out west in Oregon. Uh, and then as it relates to the broker-dealer model for real estate, uh, I don't have one off the top of my head. I'm sure there are some that are out there. But I think you, uh, your audience should also look at Prodigy Network. They're doing very interesting things. Uh, and if you go online and do Google search for these platforms, many, many will come up. Uh, there is a data aggregation firm called Crowdnetic, and Crowdnetic puts out a lot of very good information about uh, the percentage of deals that are being crowdfunding under Title II that are real estate related. Okay. Well, Doug Ellenoff, thanks for joining us today. We appreciate uh, you being on the show. Michael, my pleasure. You have a good day. Thank you. Well, stay tuned. We're going to have more on crowdfunding. And, uh, you know, crowdfunding is interesting. We, I talk to sponsors out in our industry that aren't not aware of crowdfunding. There could be some great benefits. And, of course, you need to be careful, as Doug said, how you do it. And for investors, it's going to be interesting. When you can invest online like you can in the stock market in commercial real estate deals, things could change. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. Stay with us. We'll be right back. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you in part by Florida International University. With FIU's Fast Track system, you can earn your master's in real estate in just 10 months without interrupting your career. Visit FIUonline.com to learn more. That's FIUonline.com. 
welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Ball. Thanks for being with us. Today we're talking about crowdfunding for sponsors and investors. Please welcome my next guest, Jillian Hillman. She's CEO of Realty Mogul. Now, Realty Mogul started way back in 2013 for the crowdfunding world. They've been at it a long time, been doing lots of deals. Jillian, what's new and, and exciting? What's going on in the crowdfunding world? You've been right in the middle of it. We have, and it's been fun to watch the ride and watch the you know incredible ascent of crowdfunding as a viable source of capital. Thanks for having me today, Michael. I, I think there's two primary things that I'm seeing that are starting to shift in the crowdfunding world. And the first is a lot more appetite from institutional investors. So when we first started this business, we were really focused on the high net worth, accredited investor who wanted access to real estate. And we're starting to see lots and lots of demand from institutions who are interested in making larger investments and really want to come play on the online marketplace and the online platform. And I think that that's good for real estate sponsors in a number of ways. You know, it gives them certainty of capital. So as you have a more sizable institutional investor who wants to put capital to work on the platform, it really gives those real estate sponsors certainty of capital, and they know that their deal is going to get funded when they bring it to our crowdfunding platform. Right. And then I was talking to you earlier, and you said also you've got uh, some new interest or more interest in the debt product, right? Yeah. So that's kind of the second theme that I've seen happen in crowdfunding. You know, at RealtyMogul.com, we do both equity and debt transactions. And we've seen a ton of interest from real estate entrepreneurs and real estate sponsors who want debt from us. You know, rather than going to a traditional bank for a bridge loan or a permanent loan on commercial real estate, whether it's multifamily, office, industrial, self-storage, they're now coming directly online with us and getting that loan funded through the RealtyMogul platform. And it's been really interesting to watch that shift. You know, I think that a lot of real estate sponsors are fed up with the banks. Some of them are fed up with brokers, and we work with a lot of brokers still today. But there's a better way, right? There's a better user experience of getting a real estate loan. And there's the ability to use technology in order to fund those real estate loans much faster. And being a technology company here at RealtyMogul.com, we're constantly looking at ways that we can make the process for getting a real estate loan a lot less onerous. Well, it certainly makes sense. And you think about if you're an online investor, if you're uh, investing in a debt product, then you're in first priority, right? In the uh, equity from the sponsors uh, behind you. So, uh, and you've got the kind of certainty of your return, right? Right. You know, nothing's ever certain. There, there's always real risk in every single transaction. But if you compare making an equity investment versus making a debt investment, you know, debt is theoretically a safer investment than an equity investment. And, you know, there, there is more certainty as far as, you know, expectations go. So when you are a debt investor, you're getting, you know, a, a monthly interest payment that is pre-decided. Whereas when you're an equity investor, you know, you're really looking at the performance of that asset to kick off any potential cash flow or any potential appreciation. Right. We're talking with Jillian Hillman, CEO of Realty Mogul. And Jillian, if you will, give us a tip for sponsors that uh, are interested in using crowdfunding as a source for capital or debt. I think the most important thing for sponsors is to make sure that the company has a quote-unquote crowd, right? Make sure that they've got real capital behind them. So I would be asking them, how many transactions have you done? You know, how much capital have you put out in the last 12 months? 
how big is your team, um, and really make sure that they've got capital because there are some companies that just don't have committed pools of capital. You know, for our own company, we we raised a $73 million uh, commitment from a major hedge fund. So we're putting that capital out and we've got certainty of capital. Um, so that's kind of the number one most important thing is when you're ready to fund, make sure that that cash is going to be there. Right. Good point. And what about a tip for investors who maybe want to go online and uh, invest in a deal today? I think the number one tip for investors is always make sure that you do your own independent underwriting. You know, a big part of our value proposition for investors at RealtyMobile.com is that we do a lot of pre-vetting. We do pre-screening, background checks, criminal checks, underwriting, you know, running the financials, running variance analyses, and all of the like. But at the end of the day, every investor is looking for something different, and they should do their own due diligence, and they need to make sure that the risk profile of that transaction fits for what they're comfortable with. You know, certain investors want to take a lot of risk. Other investors want to take less risk. And there's the ability to find both types of transactions, I think, on crowdfunding websites. Right. And I guess their due diligence should also depend on how much they're investing, right? You know, even if you're investing a dollar, right, and and you can invest a dollar with us, you'd have to invest more than that. But, you know, I I think that due diligence is core to real estate, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, the the best real estate transactions are done with a lot of due diligence. You don't want a whole lot of surprises. Um, So, you know, for me and, and investing personally, no matter what the amount is, I think the due diligence is really important. What's the last property type that, that you closed on uh, crowdfunding? Uh, we just funded a multifamily apartment building. Yeah, multifamily is really hot, isn't it? It is, it is. But, you know, we've done all types of transactions, student housing, um, retail, industrial, office. We've even funded mobile home parks. So we've got a wide variety. Well, Jillian, thanks for joining us today. We appreciate you being on the show. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you for joining us on Skype today. So if you're listening on one of the 40 radio stations, check out YouTube. You can see Julian on Skype being interviewed. Well, stay with us. We'll have more on crowdfunding for sponsors and investors. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you in part by Realnex, providing a comprehensive suite of powerful commercial real estate tools at an incredibly low cost. Visit Realnex.com. That's R-E-A-L-N-E-X. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. Thanks for being with us. Today we're talking about crowdfunding for investors and sponsors. Please welcome my next guest. It's Kevin Guy. He's CEO of Real Liquidity. Kevin, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Michael. Well, we appreciate it. And and Kevin, I think one of the challenges for uh, retail investors, if you will, into these crowdfunding deals uh, is liquidity, right? I mean, they, they may invest 10000 or whatever uh, dollars in a deal, and they may not need it to sit there for five years or however long you know, the sponsor is going to be in the deal. So one of the challenges, I think, for the crowdfunding in- industries is liquidity. And you have a secondary market that is providing liquidity for crowdfunding projects, or, or you're working on it. Tell us about uh, your business, Real Liquidity. Well, that's exactly it, Michael. What we're putting together is a second market for not only crowdfunded shares, but also uh, syndicates that are out into the market. But Crowdfunding has sort of pushed us to the forefront. We've been working on this for over a year. Um, and, and what we're finding out there right now is with the popularity of crowdfunding, uh, we're getting a bunch of new investors into the market. Uh, some of them have a very good understanding of real estate. Others are have a little bit more of an elementary understanding, and, and they're looking for yield, 
uh, and that's very attractive. But once they're into these deals, you know, they're asking themselves, how do we get out if we need our investment back? And so that's sort of where we step in and provide that marketplace where they can actually put their share up for sale. And, and uh, uh, you know, obviously the marketplace would, would bid on that share. So that's that's the marketplace uh, that we're working on for for the crowdfunding uh, for the crowdfunding crew out there right now. Okay, and, you know, I think that's one of the the challenges that some people think about investing in real estate that it's that it's not real liquid. So I think a lot of people do understand that. But you know, if you're a retail investor and you're investing and and you do need the money for something. Uh, or maybe you think it's a good time to get out of the deal, uh, but they're not the the sponsor's not uh, closing out the deal yet. You, you'll have an exit strategy. So, so Kevin, tell us how it works. So, let's say I've invested uh, in a crowdfunding deal, and maybe I paid. Let's say I paid twenty thousand dollars for my share. Uh, how would it work? How would I trade that or, or sell that? Well, just to back up a step, there, the first thing that we would have to do is we would actually have to prove the project and. So what that would mean is that the language uh, inside the agreement of the portal uh, and the sponsor would have to fit within our framework. So if it's done in, a, in an LLC, we have to make sure that the, the language in there uh, is such that they're going to be capable of actually trading that share. So assuming that, what they would do is they would actually bring their share onto our site and they would actually, uh, uh, knowing that it's already approved by our, our internal people, uh, they would actually list that share, whether they paid ten thousand dollars for it, they could list it, uh, you know, for twelve or eight or whatever the number is, and then the marketplace would dictate uh, the value of that share. So, in essence, we would have a profile of the project on our site, uh, so that potential buyers could come in, they could they could view the profile, they could see the statistics on the particular project, and then they could make an analysis on on the value of that share. Okay, and this was is kind of publicly available, right? So the buyers of these shares, uh, they could come and look at uh, acquiring these shares on your site without a fee. What do they do? Just register and say that they're accredited investors, and they get access. And is the is the money paid uh, on uh, by the seller of that share to your firm when it when it sells? How does all that work? Yeah, there's a percentage that comes to us. It's a small percentage, generally under three percent, and and. Typically, I mean, the project's going to have to be approved, so we're going to have information available to the buyer. Uh, and so, you know, that information will become available, and, you know, they can do further due diligence with regards to actually viewing the LLC agreement uh, to make sure that, you know, this is the type of deal that they want to invest in and, and that they're going to have the rights that they need to in order to liquidate if they need to down the road as well. You know, it typically, typically this is, you know, not a big deal for institutional investors, but as crowdfunding grows from the current level uh, to the next level, you're going to be you're going to be seeing a lot of different kinds of investors that require liquidity. Uh, you know, their kid, you know, needs to go to college. They need to liquidate. They need to, uh, uh, you know, provide funds for something else. And so, it's going to be an important aspect of the growth of crowdfunding in real estate. Right. And so, it's not available at the moment, right? No, we're, we're currently in the process of, of completing the development uh, of our ATS platform, which is, it, it, it essentially will trade, in theory, will trade like a stock exchange. Obviously, with velocity, uh, you know, you'll see a lot more activity, but the time frame won't, you know, out of the gate be as quick as a stock. It could be as short as a couple weeks. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but as velocity picks up over the coming years, I think that we'll, we'll increase that turnaround time dramatically. And when do you think you'll have this running? Uh, right now, we're anticipating in the next 90 days that we'll have this up and running. Uh, we'll have all the parts and pieces in place. And right now, we're, we're entertaining and speaking to uh, literally you know, 20 to 30 different uh, players out there that have projects. Um, you know, so we're taking a look at exactly what the structure and the framework is going to need to be in order to come onto our site. Right, and that's key. That what you talked about. So the the setup of the sponsors deal has to provide a mechanism that would allow this uh, sale of a share in a secondary a market like yours. Right. So some of these are set up where you're just not going to be able to do it that way. Yeah, some of them are set up where they have to wait for a liquidity event. Uh, others are set up where <clears throat> the the managing member of uh, that group has the right of first refusal. And some of those aren't bad. We can still take a look at those and trade those. Uh, but typically, we want something with as little restrictive language in the agreement as possible so that the shareholder can... Uh, you know, do what they need to do. But a right of first refusal generally is not a problem. All right. Well, uh, I, I want to know more about this. I want to hear more about this. This is fantastic for the crowdfunding uh, industry. So stay tuned. We'll have more. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. Excelligen, the resource professionals like CCIMs, CBRE, JLL, Colliers, and Bull Realty use for market intelligence. Commercial Search is the site to market and find available properties to buy, sell, or lease all over the country. Visit CommercialSearch.com. Welcome back. I'm Michael Ball, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. Today, we're talking about crowdfunding for commercial real estate, and we're looking at views from the investor side and from the sponsor side, and we're talking with Kevin Guy, CEO of Real Liquidity, and they are setting up a secondary market to create liquidity in the crowdfunding arena. And, you know, Kevin, we were just talking about uh, the ability for investors in these crowdfunding deals to, to go to a secondary market like yours that you're building and be able to sell that share and you mentioned that you know sponsors have to set up their uh, paperwork their legal work that that would allow that and it seems like it would behoove a sponsor to set up their paperwork so that it does allow this liquidity so you certainly would have more retail investors I think interesting so I think what you're doing is and fantastic and and then you're on the ground level you were talking to these sponsors you were talking to all these crowdfunding folks every day what do you see for velocity in this industry it's it's kind of uh, a new industry still isn't it it's brand new in its infancy, and, and uh, you know, I think people are sitting on the sidelines. A lot of people have sat in the sidelines, and they've, they've, they've wanted to see what's going to happen in crowdfunding. So uh, there's been sort of a successful launch in crowdfunding. Uh, there's been some great deals by some of the big players already out there uh, that are generating great yields. So I think what you're seeing now is I think you're seeing more people say, hey, listen, I want some of that yield. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, typically yields are anywhere from 8 to, you know, 12, 13, 14 percent. Uh, and so I think you're seeing a lot of people now saying, hey, you know, it, you know, it, it looks like they've worked on a lot of the kinks, uh, you know, so let's take a chance. Let's, uh, yeah. you know, enter crowdfunding. 
Well, it's great. You know, real estate uh, looks the outlook for real estate is is good. It's a good hedge against inflation, and uh, there are some risks though, right? Uh, when you get into commercial real estate, what tip would you provide for an investor who is is buying into a crowdfunding deal or maybe buying an existing share? Yeah, I mean, if you're a if you're an investor in a crowdfunding project, take a look at the vetting process. Take a look at the due diligence. Do your homework. It's like any other investment out there. You know, find out who the operator is of the project. Take a look at their history. Uh, take a look at their success. Ask a lot of questions. So when you go into these deals, go in with your eyes wide open because high yield means high risk. And so you have to be careful going in. Make sure that the due diligence is done. Right. And you're, and you're talking about vetting both the transaction or the property that you're buying in that market and that property in the future there and that sub-market and looking at things like uh, uh, what are rents going up in that market or are uh, occupancy levels increasing or decreasing and, you know, uh, what's employment like. And there's a lot of things and, and you could go into a lot of depth. And, and I think it's important for the investor to think about, well, am I investing $100,000 and is that a lot of money to me? Uh, I may want to pay someone uh, like a broker like us around the country to go into that deal and, and give an opinion. Or maybe you're investing, you know, ten thousand dollars, and that's you know funny money to you, right? So maybe uh, yeah. your due diligence online is enough. And then you're also talking about vetting the sponsor as well, right? That's probably the most key thing. Yeah, you have to vet the sponsors. Uh, yeah, you know, the operators of the deal. Uh, you know, make sure that they have a great track history. And if you are putting in larger sums of money, I absolutely would recommend getting a third party in there. Uh, to analyze the deal stats and, and to take a look at the whole picture. You know, you know, investing in a multifamily development in Detroit is a whole lot different than investing in multifamily in San Francisco. And I think that, you know, you have to take a look at all aspects of, of the deal. Yes, the yield might be greater in a deal in Detroit, uh, but, you know, maybe the yield's a little less in San Francisco, but it's a more secure deal. It's like any investment. Yeah, well, good point. Kevin, thanks for joining us today. We appreciate you being on the show. Great. Thanks so much, Michael. And thanks for joining us out there on the 40 radio stations, YouTube and iTunes. We appreciate you being with us. Next week, we have a special show. It's called Show Me the Money, right? And we're talking about debt. We're talking about equity. So be sure and join us next week. And until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh and join us for the Commercial Real Estate Show. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Bull Realty Commercial Advisors, a great place to do business. Visit bullrealty.com. Realnext, a comprehensive and powerful suite of commercial real estate tools at an incredibly low price. Visit realnext.com. That's R-E-A-L-N-E-X. FIU, Florida International University. Earn your master's in real estate in as little as 10 months without interrupting your career. Visit FIUonline.com. Excelligent, the resource professionals use for commercial real estate information. Visit Excelligent.com. That's X-C-E-L-I-G-E-N-T. Commercial Search, the source to market and source available properties for sale or lease. Visit CommercialSearch.com. For more information on these great companies or for additional videos, podcasts, or articles, visit CREshow.com.